the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Chase that dream, not the meme. Welcome to Dreams Not Memes Podcast. Hi everyone, this is another episode of Dreams Not Memes. I'm here with my friend Coleman Rigg from Philadelphia. Coleman is a musician, and today we're going to talk to Coleman about his story. How's it going? Doing well, Brian. Thanks for having me. Sweet. So how did you get involved in music and what do you do? Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, so um, I've been involved with music probably since I was, um, yeah, really a young kid. You know, a lot of people ask me from, you know, how I got started. Um, I wouldn't say I came from like a musical family. We didn't have like instruments laying around, like my parents weren't musicians, Um, you know, but they always listen to really great music. Um, so when I was a really young kid, um, I, you know, just grabbing their CDs, grabbing their music and listening was really, I think from, from a really young age, when I feel like I first got involved, it wasn't until years later that I could pick up an instrument and kind of like participate. But I remember being really young and kind of getting really interested at that age. So, um, that's, that's really my start. Then fast forward, um, probably, you know, five, six years, uh, when I was in middle school, uh, you know, like any kid, um, I wanted to pick up the guitar and started playing guitar and just really just started teaching myself. Um, and that's like kind of where I guess, you know, is the most straight line trajectory to where I am today. But, you know, as as you know, with life takes lots of twists and turns in and out of music to different degrees and a lot of different stuff happens between them. But yeah, I started playing guitar in middle school and just remember, um, you know, being so fascinated and, and kind of just like thought it was like the coolest thing and, and the most exciting thing in my life. Um, you know, at that age, I, I started getting together with a few other musicians who are older than me. And I thought they were like my heroes. I thought they were like the coolest kids. So we started a couple bands. Um, then later on in, in high school, I, I was in a serious, I guess, you know, for the time, for the age, a more serious band, a punk band. Um, and I was playing with that. So then, um, you know, my life sort of, sort of changed a little bit. Um, and I went to college and got my degree. Um, and while in college, I actually, um, I did play sports in college. So I was a college athlete and kind of diverged a tad for music, but the second that sort of ended for me, like, you know, I still played throughout, but the second that ended for me, I really came back and like found this like kind of new energy and new love for it again. And that's really where it kind of picks up. Um, I started doing a lot of like solo gigging as like an acoustic artist, just singer songwriter stuff. At that time I was playing just a couple of my own songs that I just started writing and was just sort of getting into that game, but playing a lot of covers. And then I moved to Philly right out of college. Um, just, you know, I, I, I'd always grown up, grown up in like rural areas in Pennsylvania and was always just kind of like obsessed with the idea of moving to a city and there being a, a thriving art scene and being other artists and musicians and, and all of that. So I moved to Philly um, and I started gigging a little bit as a solo artist and um, kind of hid away in my bedroom and made a solo EP by myself, did all, did all the recording, did all the production, um, watched a lot of YouTube videos, to figure all that out myself. And yeah. And then basically I had these songs. I was really excited. They were full band arrangements. And um, that was kind of my springboard to form a band here. I wanted to play those songs live to audiences in Philly, you know, get out of my sort of just acoustic solo 
stuff that I was doing, got a band together. We learned the songs, started playing them. And then all of a sudden, you know, you just start working with other musicians. And like, that was like a new talent that I learned and, and sort of um, writing new music with them and bringing ideas to them and hearing them get better with other people's additions and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, that brings us, you know, to where we are today. Uh, my band's Coleman Rig and the Ridge Runners, and we're an original rock band in Philadelphia. Uh, we just put out our first full-length album, um, all original tunes. Um, and yeah, it's a full collaboration band effort. We're, we're actively playing shows in Philly, um, you know, actively getting out there to get our music out there and, and kind of, um, you know, going on, going on that whole gamut. So yeah, that's where we are today. Gotcha. Um, let's take a quick break and learn a little bit more about what you're doing currently and what you plan on doing. Quick message. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Dreams.Memes. Please make sure to follow Dreams.Memes podcast on your preferred streaming channel or on Instagram at Dreams.Memes podcast. To support Dreams.Memes podcast, feel free to contact me at daywithoutlove at gmail.com for advertising or sponsorship opportunities. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, now we're back. So can you tell me about what you've been working on in 2021? We'll we'll just pretend 2020 didn't really uh, happen. (laughs) Yeah, wouldn't we all love that? Um, But, you know, actually, it's kind of funny. I say that now, but um, I am really thankful for you know, a lot of the things 2020 brought me obviously in a very fortunate and privileged position to be able to say that, but, um, I was a really good year for me as an artist to kind of step back and sort of reassess and and re-reflect on the whole reason I got into this in the first place, which was the music itself. Um, but to bring it to 2021, you know, the focus, basically what we were able to do is before kind of the lockdown and COVID, we had all these, we had a full album worth of songs written, um, we had half of them recorded um, right before the pandemic. And in the pandemic, we were actually able to scrap together late in the year, do all of our testing and do all that with some s- folks in a studio. And we were able to record um, and get all that kind of stuff out. So we were able to get that done late 2020 last year. Um, but 2021 has really just been about kind of putting that out. Um, and, and really just trying to release that, um, get that heard and, you know, get people to sort of understand us as a band. It's our first full length album and it's really an introduction. So a lot of our push has been sort of towards, um, getting listeners to that. And now that we're able to come back, um, you know, really playing some shows to get these songs heard live. We've, we've had one really good show so far. We have another one lined up. Um, so you know, really what we've been taking so far in 2021 is just doing the music that we already had, just trying to do it justice um, to what we think and, you know, getting that getting that out there for people to hear, um, you know, and getting to really for us as musicians do what we love most, which is kind of playing these songs. That's why we write them. You know, we love recording them. That's such a fun part of it, but getting them out there for people to hear. Um, so that's been really the focus of 2021 so far. But just recently, um, now we're kind of, it's hard to believe it's July. We're in the back half of the year. Yeah, already. seriously. <laughs> it's so wild, right? Yeah. Um, but kind of looking at the back half of the year now, it's like, oh, crap. Like, you know, we, we had this push, you know, we have this music and I have these other songs stockpiled and I've been really working on like demoing them at home. 
um, and getting them ready for the band. And now that we have like a full album out, I think what we're really looking to do is kind of do some smaller pieces here and there, just some singles to release. Um, so right now our focus through the summer is to get another single recorded and released, kind of keep some rolling thunder going from our first album out, um, continue to just get better, um, and just do the things that we love. Um, you know, it, it's one thing to have like a full album of workout, but you know, till that gets fully realized and released, you personally change a lot and the band changes so much. Um, we get better, we get new inspirations and stuff like that. So I just kind of want to channel that into a lot of new songs and just kind of keep going with the singles. And, you know, in some ways it's like, because we had this time off of gigging and, you know, we had this lag time between recording all these songs and releasing them. It's been like, yeah, like kind of like back to basics here. Like let's make a new song. Let's record it. Like let's start playing it live kind of thing. Um, that's really like why we all got into it. And I'm sure most people get into it. So like, that's kind of like the goals for the second half of the year here. So with that perspective that you have, Mm -hmm. how do you think that's helped you grow as a creative? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's helped me grow because like, I I think once you really set your sights on like, you know, like I was saying, like what we want to do is like, a lot of the things we got into music for is when we were all first starting out, you just record a demo and you love it and you put it out and you start playing it, you know, kind of that back to basics approach. Like once you sort of focus on that and that becomes your goal, the rest of the stuff kind of um, falls away, I guess, in importance. And it becomes more clear of like what you want to do. You know, a lot of, you know, I think a lot of artists and myself included at times, like, you fall victim to looking at things like social media and your streaming and all of this kind of stuff. Um, But like, once you like kind of like set your goals of like, yeah, we just like want to grow and become better musicians and make better music and keep making stuff that we're stoked about. Um, Once that's kind of your goal, it's like, Oh yeah. Like this is what we're doing. Like in this, that's the path to growth is through the music. You know, it's so funny because I, you know, I write about this a lot in my lyrics of my songs is about social media and kind of like how it warps your, your mentality and, you know, followers and all this kind of stuff. But it's like, you, everybody always talks about, you read blogs about how to grow your social media presence, how to grow. And it's like, that is, that's only really a really small way of looking at growth. Whereas if you kind of just focus on your craft and like doing what you love, like to me that at least personally for me, that's like the most fulfilling like route of growth that there is. I definitely hear that. And could you expand more on your take with social media and creativity? Yeah, sure. I think, um, you know, just to kind of like, for, for me, at least personally, um, I think at times it can stifle my creativity the most, you know, it's, um, it's just something that's like, uh, to me, a distraction and a, you know, something that's sort of in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not to say it's all bad. Um, I don't mean to look at it in such a negative way because it is really good for me who, you know, is able to connect to people who I wouldn't be able to, you know, we have people all across the world who tune in and listen to our music and that's mostly through social media. So it's, it's definitely good for that. But like as an artist and as a musician, um, it can really stifle your creativity because, you kind of can become a servant to it if you're paying too much attention to it. It's like, oh, well, you know, I want to make this type of song because I want to release it this way on social media and hopefully get this type of new fan and to- hopefully 
have this type of growth on our channel and this many likes and this many followers. And it's like, the second you do that, you're kind of like, you're kind of dead in the water for creativity. You know what I mean? Like, um, we, we as listeners and, and people who take in, um, creative works and artistry, I think can almost always pick out when something's not authentic. And I think social media is something that can really, really easily warp the view of a creator's mindset and easily come out with a product that's not super authentic. I definitely hear that. Um, and like, I really like that you said that because I personally look at social media as like uh, something I do to create goals with. And what sure. I mean by that is like, yeah, like I follow people back. Some people say, if you're a musician, like don't follow anyone back. Cause that's how you start comparing yourself. Huh. But, but I say like, there's like a, there's a fine line. Like, I think it's really important to question and be aware of your intention Sure. Like if you're going to follow people, are you following them because you're genuinely interested in what yeah. this person is doing? Or are you going to like subconsciously compare yourself at all times? You know what I mean? Totally. Um, a lot of times it's easy to be like, well, I put something out and it didn't get a thousand plays or 10,000 plays or a hundred thousand or a million plays on the first day. So therefore it sucks. Yeah. And then like, it kind of like, I was actually watching an interview with Vince Staples and Tyler, the creator. Okay. And Tyler was saying that like the internet really destroyed like the authenticity of art because sure, yeah. we went from creating five minutes, six minute, 10 minute videos in 2006 on YouTube mm -hmm. down to 15 seconds. Right. And it's like, it's almost like, we're demanded to create crack music, literal, literal crack music. Yeah. Like, like we have to create like immediately. And like, yeah. that's just not real. Like um, I made a TikTok the other day and I was saying like, you know, if you take all the social media platforms, like the, the random rule quote unquote is mm -hmm. post three times a day. So yeah. if you're posting three times a day across four to five, three different platforms, that's like, 45 to 60 posts a week on a five-day work week schedule right on, on top of working a job mm -hmm. on top of having some type of friendships and relationships yeah and then it's like well when do i have time to finish a song or get better at my instrument right exactly <laughs> you know i i totally i totally hear that and yeah it's um it becomes a full-time job at that point you know that's why companies and corporations and you know in, in reality a lot of big artists they have like people who manage their social media because it's it's it takes time you know and it's i don't know in some ways as a viewer and as like an artist or somebody trying to promote yourself you just be like a black hole of time that you can just you can just zip and it's gone you know sometimes i'll post I'll try to post a photo, you know, just to say that we have a new show coming up or a new song. And it's like, till you write the caption and, you know, look at any hashtags and tag the location and, and plan it and, you know, have the time of day you want to post it. It's like, that can be half hour, an hour of your life there anyway, you know? And it's like, how does that even happen? You know, all I was trying to do was put this one thing out for somebody to look at for two seconds, you know, like it's, um, Again, it's it's probably necessary for a lot of ways for in a lot of ways for independent artists, but at the same time, you just really you really gotta walk on a on a tightrope with it. Um, if you wobble too much, yeah, you'll just you'll just fall right into the black hole of it. True, true. Yeah, and, and I and I definitely hear that because like there's this like nice balance of like knowing who's in your niche or even yeah. if you have a niche, right? And then 
just being in a hole and not getting anything done. So, I know. Yeah. And it's funny, you, I mean, and you go back to like the, you know, I like what you said about, yeah, like 15 second, like crack music. And it's like, oh my gosh, like we've all, when we sat down to write a song, thought to my, thought to ourselves like, oh, well, you know, that intro is too long. I got to start singing sooner or I got to get to the hook sooner or I got to do this and that. And it's like, you know, and then I like you, if I'm lucky, I'm able to stop myself and be like, wait a second. Like, is this what the vision I have for the song or am I trying to write it so that somebody can hear what I think is the best part, you know, when they're playing it on a clip on a video or whatever yeah. the heck it is, you know? Yeah. That's, um, that can be, it can be really counterproductive for what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. But again, it's back to what you said, like, you got to have perspective and you got to have goals that you want to achieve also too. And like, with that being said, what, how, like when you're writing and when you're creating, what do you do that makes you feel happy without the influence of other people? Um, I personally, when I write, the thing that makes me happiest is I'm like a very visual writer for an audio medium. It's kind of funny, but I always think in like, in like almost like cinematic terms and like drama terms. And, you know, I love watching film and movies. I love watching shows and, you know, I love the drama of that. So like when I'm happiest, when I'm making things, it's like when I like have like a moment of emotion or drama that like I can see in my mind, whether it's a scene or a character and like I'm first in like my little home recording software, just like layering and building it up. And it's like, Oh, well, you know, if I, if I do like the MIDI drum sample like this, like that's a cool beat. And then I add like the bass or I put this like reverb effect on the guitar. And then you can like, you can literally like see your vision becoming like more clear through like the sounds that you make that, that to me is like the most pure moment of inspiration for me. And like where I'm the happiest is like, and I walk away and I like have that vision in my head. And I always associate that song with sort of that feeling and that vision, I mean, to me, there's there's nothing nothing more rewarding in music than that. True, I definitely hear that. I definitely hear that. Yeah, because and I, and I like that you shared that because I was just thinking, like, for our listeners, like, I think we all have a different reason why we enjoy music. Yeah, totally. Whether you're a listener or creator, mm-hmm. and that reason might be different, but the feelings relatively same. It's joy. It's clarity. Yeah. you mm-hmm. know um it, it's cathartic um it's, yeah it's, it's a release um i think it's really important for us to get back to those basics in this yeah. time of reconstruction so to speak not mm-hmm. to sound like a historian but that, yeah. that is where we are so totally and and you know that's kind of an approach like we've been trying to channel into like playing shows too mm-hmm. because i think one of the strongest parts about music is experiencing it live with people you know because those feelings that you're describing they can be present with however many people are there mm-hmm. at once and that is one of the most special things I think about music um so we've kind of been like taking an approach to like you know shows and try to make them as like you know maybe we don't have to play as many or we don't have to meet as many bands or try to do as much as possible but like let's try every time we play a show to like really, you know, us ourselves performing, feel that. And hopefully that other people can feel that too, you know? Sure. Cause like it's, yeah, again, like you're saying the time of reconstruction, we, we spent pretty much a whole year 
just trying to take the stage as much as we can and meeting bands and playing live and getting better, which don't get me wrong, was important because like we had to get better and we had to learn how to play live and, you know, we had to learn how to gel together as a group. But now it's like, yeah, like let's get back to that core of like what makes this live music event special in the first place. And like, let's sort of like just focus on that and like make that the, the, the thing that we try to resonate every time we're out there. True. True. I definitely hear that. Mm-hmm. So w- without, I mean, unless you can disclose it, can you talk about your singles and your album? Like what's that about? Yeah. So our full album um, that's out now, I think um, it's, it's just self-titled. It's called Coleman Rig and the Ridge Runners. I think that, um, you know, sonically is just like a, a staple piece, you know, for us as a rock band, we kind of explore the gamut of what I think, um, you know, for, for us as a starting rock band, a lot of different sounds. We have a few, you know, lighter, slower songs, a few little more dramatic ones, some that are a little heavier, some a little lighter um, and poppy. So like sonically, I think that's the direction, you know, we kind of just spread it out and see what we did best and what we liked best. Um, but for me, you know, personally writing the lyrics and doing the songwriting, I think a lot of it did really focus on, um, you know, just being observational about social media, about kind of the world um, that it creates, while that's also juxtaposed with the world that you have to live in when you're not on it kind of thing. Um, you know, like my song, my song, one of my songs is called Too Close. Um, and it's sort of um, about the real world version of you looking at this personified version of you in social media. And like, when you know yourself that well and you become sort of too close to that image, like things don't go well and you get too much in your own head and you start to overthink and you start to overanalyze. Um, so that's like kind of one of the themes. We have a song that's actually called followers. Um, and it's all about sort of just like, you know, everybody's sort of racing to get the most people, you know, looking at them and listening to them. Um, but you know, kind of it, it, the lyrically at what cost sort of thing. Um, you know, we're all kind of like, you know, I, I guess looking for um, this involvement on a social media platform, but like also not being fulfilled by it at the same time. Um, and that song kind of talks about those themes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, thematically, I think that's strung out through the albums as well as like, you know, just along with some, you know, personal um, struggles and, and, you know, I guess triumphs at times too. Um you know, that I guess lyrically the songs kind of cross that gamut. I know it's kind of wide, but I guess there is sort of like a um, uh, a thread that kind of goes through all of them as well. Gotcha. I definitely hear that. Yeah. And like, what's your game plan in terms of timeline? Because you said you have some stuff that you're trying to release. Like, so when can we expect to hear the new stuff? I'm really hoping um, a lot of it's going to come down to some dates and when we can schedule, you know, obviously, you know how all that goes of like, you know, being able to get it ready for, um listening and all that kind of stuff and and make sure everybody's schedule works so that you can lay down the tracks and all that kind of stuff um but really what i'm hoping for is by the end of september early october we'll have our next single out um and then in the meantime i'm hoping to record one shortly after that so um maybe like a couple weeks after that like october early november have another one out so hoping to have two more singles out this year um and again just trying to um you know, be better and, and learn more and have fun with it. Um, but also push things forward too. You know, we, we want to try to do the best we can and do stuff that we're feeling good about first. Um, 
so that, you know, hopefully everybody else feels good about it too. Um, whereas if we're happy with it first, I think that's, that's for us what we feel, you know, most confident about when putting out music. Certainly, certainly. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing you in the Philadelphia area. I uh, yeah. hopes for uh, touring as well, or are you just going to stay local? Stay local for now. Yeah. Um, that, uh, we were, we were just about to kind of crack that, that touring bubble right before pandemic happened. We were just like starting to play live enough to like see how it works and how like independent bands can do it and string it together. Um, and then now, you know, the landscape's completely changed now that everything's back. So we're going to kind of relearn that. Um, but again, I think we want to kind of, you know, focus on just making the stuff and, and doing it as best we can. Um, and we'll see where it takes us from there. Perfect. Well, this has definitely been a good episode of Dreams Not Memes, and thanks for talking to me. Yeah, thanks so much, Brian. I appreciate it. Anytime. Anytime. Hi, this is Brian from A Day Without Love. Thank you for listening to Dreams Not Memes. I just want you to remember, your dreams matter. If you'd like to support this podcast, email love at gmail.com for donation information, or follow me for weekly episodes. Thank you for listening and joining my journey. Have a good day.